0: Let us do the talking, just relaxing on one Laugh your ass off, baby, have a good time Robin you, Seth, yeah, we something sublime Run your mouth, bitch, yo, we out of our minds The brick your mouth What's up, Mouthers? We are back. We are live up in Newsroom Studios. Sadly, no Yosel this week. Um, why is there no Yosef this week? I'm recording in the middle of the fucking day, people. I guess that's what's nice about, uh, making your own schedule, but me and Yosef, we couldn't coordinate this week, um... Life's been a little bit crazy between producing Dave's show, uh, doing uh, filming a newsroom, and uh, getting up on stage a whole lot more over at the old LOL. And let me tell you, I stopped eating it. You got to, comedy, you really got to get up every night or you just suck. Um, but I've, I've been doing like late night spots, like 1245, getting home three in the morning, Waking up, doing day job shit, so we couldn't, uh, we couldn't coordinate an evening this week. Also, you throw in watching copious amounts of YouTube, and, uh, you know, who's got time for other people in life? That, that's just what happens. Dude, uh, Netflix, um, they just put up My Name is Earl. I, I rarely re-watch television that I've watched, but that show, I, I really like that show. Um, I recommend it. It's a good a wholesome show. They 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 did like a good spin on delinquent behavior because they put it all in past context. It's a guy who's trying to improve himself, so it's uh, it's kind of heartwarming. It's funny. I recommend it. You know, just uh, if you're if you're here listening to this, you don't have any weekend plans. I uh, advise you to buy yourself a big old bottle of booze, whatever other chemicals you enjoy, and just sit on your couch, watch the My Name Is Earl. Maybe do it outdoors, catch a little sun. Also, sun's good for. Vitamin D, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yosef, we could use you here. Anyways, moving on. Guys, we had some uh, some big things that happened in the news this week, um, and I want to get right into it. And the uh, first story that I have for you guys is I found myself the newest, greatest job. I mean, we've talked about before um, some things that I've come across as being a good job, but I found something. If anyone's listening to this that wants to go into business with me, I'm, I'm telling this thing is a moneymaker. So... I was reading basically. I don't know if any of you guys um, have ever had uh, bill collectors um, on your tail. Um, I mean, I'm not one to not pay an electric bill and then keep having calls for three years. So, you know, I wouldn't have any experience with uh, bill collectors trying to get in touch with you, but they can't do anything. They, they, all they can do is basically call you and say, hey, uh, you think maybe you want to pay this? And you just go, no, I, I'm okay. Um, I, I think that, that probably assumes that you're living a lifestyle like me, that you don't really give a shit about your credit or really anything. Um, but if you're living a lifestyle like me, just, they don't tell you this in school, just don't pay bills. There's nothing anyone can do to you in this country. It's a bunch of, so just a pussy country that really favors delinquents. But, um, here, here's what happens. They call you up, you answer your phone and you're like, uh, hi, Rob Bernstein. Um, I have to actually answer my phone cause, uh, you know, I work sales For a company that doesn't give me a cell phone. I don't have a business line. I got one phone. I got to answer my fucking phone. Generate some money. Anyway, so they give you a call and you answer your phone. Rob Bernstein and they're like, "Hi, we're uh, looking for Rob Bernstein." I'm like, "Well, you got Rob Bernstein because uh, you're hoping maybe it's a client." And they go, "Okay, well, this is a uh, Connecticut Light and Power," and then I go, "Oh, you have the wrong number." <laughs> they're Like, "Oh, so this isn't Rob Bernstein?" No, nah, I've never even heard of that guy. And then you hang up and then uh, actually the next day, like, uh, you just like you-, you notice what the number is, so they get the higher up to call because like, uh, and the guy will sound intense because they know that they got like uh, that it's like an active line here's another fun one to tell the bill payers you just go absolutely i would love to pay that bill if i owe you money i'm not a guy who doesn't like to pay his bills just uh send me like a letter with the description of exactly what i owe you and what it was for and i'll take care of that and they never do it and by the way in this case they were a bunch of motherfuckers i always pay my fucking bills these sons of bitches like uh it was like a 13 cents overcharge on something and then it just because of their stupid fines it fucking spiraled into 300 bucks so connecticut light and power you know what? I uh, I was about to put out my address on the podcast and tell them they could show up here themselves. You know, we don't have to talk about the bills that I do or don't owe in life. Let's talk about this unbelievable new business venture that I would like to get into and I'm looking for business partners for. And that business venture is out in France. Out in France. I already fucked up this story. Out in Spain. The article, you can look it up. It was in the Wall Street Journal. It was titled, Unpaid Bills. The Zoros are in route. I'm sorry, listeners. I don't actually have the article number in front of me. Um, that's bad research on my end. But what they're doing is, you know, like uh, the way union dudes, they'll put up those union rats outside of buildings to try and shame people into like, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, paying higher wages. Um, so what they're doing is uh, out in uh, Spain is if you got bills, so instead of just calling you up and asking you if you'll pay people the money that that you owe them, they're showing up to places like dress does uh, like Zorro, <laughs> and they're trying to like basically embarrass people into paying their bills, which to me is a hilarious concept. But you can go so much further than that. Like I, I want to open up a company. What you do, you get like a you get like a chick and you make it look like she's got a you know, you make it look like she's got like a black eye. She just shows up to like uh, the guys on a date and uh, <laughs> or he's at work and go, you have to stop pitting me. I can't live this way anymore. Or or like you get a, you get a dude, the guy's out on a date, you just show up and you're like, um, you're Jack, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm here. I, 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 I finally, I wanted to confront you for molesting me that summer in, in summer camp. You you were my counselor. And I, I've been in therapy because he touched me. The guy's out on a date. She's just, like, staring at him. I, I, I could write these up all day. I feel like – in it, but think about it. As compared to just phone calls, like, just showing up to places and uh, absolutely just shaming them into paying you back, I feel like uh, the possibilities are endless. And what else is great – the other thing that's just great about that is, like, you're basically – you'd have to have a company of idiots like me. You'd almost call up a college and be like, hey, uh, have you expelled anyone this week? Great, give me his number. Yeah, a company, that's my dream. A company run by idiots that hires idiots, like just really throwing some douchebaggery into the world. Uh, Here's another cool job. There's a problem. Basically, there's this thing called fentanyl. I don't know that much about it. Like, uh, I think we spoke about it before. I gotta go back to high school, get my hands in some fentanyl. But it's like, um, dude, opioids are the shit. Like, as far Wow, well, I guess we're talking drugs here a little bit. Um, I, I once, I had a friend who broke an arm. And uh, they gave him a whole bunch of Percocet. And he wasn't going to take the Percocet. So I was like, hey, I'll, let me help you out. You know, if, if you... Those have to be consumed, so, you know, don't just let them sit on your shelf. So, I once got my hands on a 30 30 Percocet, and over the course of a year, I enjoyed those Percocet. Um, Sometimes I shared them, sometimes I didn't. So, I'm not like some opioid delinquent. I've taken a total of 30 Percocet in my uh, close to 30 years of life. So, we're averaging one Percocet a year. But let me tell you, on those evenings that I took a Percocet and had a beer, oh, Those are the best moments of my life, everybody. I mean, like, I don't know what's, like, like frustrating about life or whatever kind of, like, but opioids just fix it. It just, like, you don't give a shit about it. And it's a functional, you know, like, like, sometimes you get, like, too stoned, you're too drunk, like, you're out of it. Opioids are not like that. They just take the edge off. They just put a big old smile on your face, like... I, I get why people uh, get a little bit too into that shit. But anyway, so the newest thing is uh, it used to be heroin. They really advanced. When it comes to drugs, That you see the free market. When it comes to drugs, how much they managed to advance this shit. So, like, you couldn't really get your hands on heroin. Painkillers, you can't really get your hands on that shit. So then they just created this thing, fentanyl, which is like, uh, I, I guess, like a... It's like the corn syrup for sugar, but for drugs. It's the the artificial substitutes. They just they make this shit in China. They ship it over here, but the stuff's so potent, people uh, people keep fucking themselves up and. Uh overdosing all kinds of shit and it's it it it, it, this shit is so potent that when cops are showing up it's like i guess it's airborne if they're like in a room that just spilled out fentanyl, these cops are getting fucked up but i think it would be great to be like some junkie cop who just every time they get a call you're first on the scene it's like uh you know you blast on the lights like you hear about a fentanyl overdose like chief we're on it and then you, you show up you're like tell everyone to stay outside it's uh it's super dangerous in here you know this is uh this is only for us senior cops uh get give me a gas mask and then you just spend your day chilling out in the in the federal room. You know, and then you can get fucked up on taxpayer dollars. What's uh what's better than that? All right. Now, I don't think we have any uh any dictators that listen to this show. it's unlikely, but who knows? But if you're a world leader, you're a dictator, Um, I'm here to let you know that the only way you're ever going to get taken seriously in the world is if you got a nuclear bomb. That's it. It's the only way to do it. You got to look up, um, there was a BBC article, um, uh, actually here, I do have the article number because it's right in front of me, 407-97613, North Korea, U.S. not seeking regimes change, says Rex Tillerson. You got to see Rex here, he's got his hands up, like, hey man, we're all friends here, no, no one's telling you we didn't want you to be the leader. We, we like you in charge over there. That's not what we were trying to say. Really pussyfooting. Like they finally got their hands on some better missiles and all of a sudden we're like, "Hey, we're we're we're, uh, we're your friends North Korea. Hey, we're cool, you know. No reason to uh get all crazy. We'll uh we'll trade with you and stuff." And that's uh it, this is where they're fucking up cuz dude in Libya, they got Libya. They got a uh, was it Gaddafi or Mubarak? Fuck, I just read that article. I think it's Gaddafi, right? Yeah, Gaddafi, Mubarak, I think was Egypt, Libya was, whatever. I think, let's just go with Gaddafi. You guys can fact check me. And that's how you learn. You, you say dumb shit on air and then people harass you on Facebook, tell you that you said dumb shit and you say less dumb shit. So, um, this is what I should have done for college. <laughs> Instead of reading textbooks, you just make up your own opinion on history. You put it out in a podcast and someone tells you like, yeah, George Washington wasn't alive during the Great Depression. All right. Um, so anyways the Gaddafi they got the guy to disarm his uh his nuclear ambitions and then four years later Bush just just gets rid of him and uh that was the, the that was the thing they're like hey if you guys uh, disarm we'll play ball we'll, we'll invest in your country we'll trade with your country we're gonna make things we're gonna make you look good to your citizens and then finally like they, they gave up their their piece of leverage and then you're like oh now we can invade there go fuck them up so uh yeah North Korea it, it's proof of that you you get that nuclear bomb. People will finally start to respect you. That's the only way to get any respect in the world. All right, enough of North Korea. We are cooking. We are cooking here, dudes. We're like three quarters through all the shit that I wanted to do. it be a quick episode. You guys can catch up on a week's worth of news while. I don't know when you listen to this. Write me. Rob'sNewsRoom at gmail.com. Let me know. Let me know if there's topics. Let me know if uh, we still got to catch up with our bunker guy. And um, he wasn't a. The other guy was not a grocery store person. I fucked that up. He was a. He was like a stock clerk, so whatever. We'll catch up with those people, but Rob's Newsroom at gmail.com. Email me in. Say hello. Let me know uh, where you listen to this shit, feedback, whatever. I don't know. Um, Okay. Now, I got this theory in life that um, things things in life, they they can just kind of be repetitive. So, for example, this is where I kind of first noticed this, is um, that I find that, like, People that annoy you will always find new people new ways to annoy you. Like sometimes like you just don't vibe with the person and like you think like, okay, that's the max capacity of what they could do that's annoying, but the more you're around them, like the more there's just like dumb shit that they that they kind of like fuck up for you it's like here's an example like you kind of hang out with a dude who's like a bit of a putz and like he's annoying to talk to but then you you know you're like out of gas station and he leaves your gas cap off or it's like things just spiral out of control next thing you know you're broken down on the side of the road and he's fucking your wife i don't know where i'm going with this i didn't really think about the example beforehand <laughs> but no it's more like you got a dude and you know like just the worst conversations just so boring like it's just it it, it, it making you want to pull your own eyebrows out of you you know he's talking to you about like um about rugby and like he's he's from England he can't shut the fuck up about how much he loves England and rugby and rugby sports and you're like dude I, I live in America I don't give a fuck about this and so uh, next thing you know the guy's like. <laughs> He's like, uh, you come home one day and he's in your living room and he's fucking your wife. No, no, no. No one's fucking your wife in this story. Um, he's hanging out and he's like, he made plans with, with your family and his family for the weekend. And it's not just like plans for the weekend. You're going to a zoo to paint some orangutan's ass. It's like the, the guy just they went from annoying conversation to like now it's more events with this person. I don't know if I'm explaining this theory well, but I definitely know that it's true in life. Like you don't vibe with people. You just you got to get the you got to distance yourself. So where am I getting at with this? Um, by the way, so on this theory of just like things being circular. So I think like um, if you're in an area that sucks, like think that I feel like things don't really improve. They just kind of it, it becomes more of the same. They, things just kind of get worse. Um, you know what kind of uh, this theory was in True Detective? Um, the guy was talking about is uh, uh, the first one. Um, the life, life and circles and all that nonsense. Okay, we're kind of spinning here. So, anyways, this was the news story I wanted to get to. So, they got this problem with global warming. That scientists—they're getting really nervous. Bunch those scientists. For the people who can really solve problems and uh, work on shit, they seem to. Parade the most fear, you know, go, go fix some shit. You're a smart scientist guy. Why are you telling? All right. Anyway, I guess they want funding. It's like everything else. If you can scare the shit out of us, we'll give you more money to try and figure out how to fix it. All right. Maybe scientists aren't so dumb after all. But anyway, so you got melting permafrost because of um, global warming. And now they're all scared that there's like these old diseases that haven't been around for thousands of years that were frozen. And if that shit gets let out, we're going to end up with zombies and vampires again and all sorts of horrible shit. So I'm looking at where is this going on? And uh, the answer to that question is out in Siberia. And that's the point. Don't fucking live in Siberia. You know what I mean? It's like Siberia already, like, I can't imagine li- there was anything good about living in Siberia. So it's like, yeah, more bad shit is going to happen in Siberia. Don't live there. It's like the the law of attraction. I was hearing uh, Conor McGregor talk about that the other day. It made a lot of sense to me. Like, you don't realize this. Like, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, I can be a bit of a, a like, a, 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 a nervous, downer, kind of antsy, anxious kind of guy. But what's going on when you when you operate in that way is like you're interacting with the, other people don't operate that way. So you're seeing the world, you're interpreting the world and basically your brain becomes a shit factory where you're looking at the world and you're processing it in a negative way and then you're putting out a negative thing and then like and then you're around people and they're like, "Ugh, this is gross. You're, you're, you're just bringing shit to me like you're producing that shit energy. It doesn't exist in the world. You're, you're literally a processing machine. You're viewing the world and then you're accepting that what you're seeing is negative and putting it out is negative. Um, which happens. Like, sometimes you I, I, I'm this, you, you fail a lot in life, and then you hang out with people, and, like, you just feel like a failure. And people, like, even as I'm saying that, you're, like, listening to this right now, you're, like, oh, that's gross. No one wants to be around that. And then you got people who got winner, winner energy. They keep winning. And then what happens is, because that's good energy, it attracts good energy. Bad energy attracts bad energy. The point is, shit's circular. So get out of your funk, people. You know how you get out of your funk? You email robsnewsroom at gmail.com, and uh, you check in with us. I don't know why that would help you get out of your funk, but all right, let's move on to uh, our next story, which is still on climate change. Um, this one, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rant as much about, but it was in the uh, Wall Street Journal. I um, think everyone should check out this article. It's called "Climate Change Isn't the End of the World." And um, what was interesting about this article that I hadn't really seen anyone do, do is he kind of does an economic analysis of climate change. He says that. Let's, let's accept climate change is real. Let's accept that human beings are responsible for climate change. So now let's look at what the actual cost of climate change is going to be. So for example, like people on the coastline might have to move inwards, but it happens to be we rebuild buildings like every 50 years. So let's say we do need to relocate some individuals from where they're living currently to a new area. Well, what's that actually going to cost us? What's the economic cost of that going to be versus what's the economic cost going to be if we um, decide to stop burning fossil fuels? Like, so for example, let's say we needed to like build let's just say as a theoretical the world got so hot we had to build giant air conditioners to cool the entire planet like well what would that cost us is that actually cheaper than continuing to build fossil fuels now obviously that's ridiculous but the point is you can do an actual economic analysis like let's not just say hey things are changing and freak the fuck out let's go well what's the cost of that change going to be and what he argues is if you look at it from that perspective it's actually still in our best interest to continue burning fossil fuels now in my opinion which isn't worth all that much. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't walk around quoting this opinion, but I think like uh, we, 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 like force motivates. Like when we got to figure that shit out, we'll figure it out. Like firstly, it's a private property issue in my opinion that if you're polluting and you're ruining the environment, like uh, you, if you're polluting areas that you don't own, you should have to compensate people for that. But I also think you, you just take into the, uh, the the cost, the fact that we're driving cars is in part because the government has created roads a lot of the price of oil is the fact that I think we fought w- wars in the Middle East to make those stockpiles available so if uh, people weren't interfering in the price of oil I don't know that oil would be all that cheap and we'd figure out like if for example if oil didn't exist tomorrow let's just imagine oil didn't exist we're not going back to the stone age w- where were we going to get energy from well off the top of my head I could tell you nuclear energy France they fucking run off new. Nu- like th- there are options that exist so um and I think like if we actually confront serious global warming problems, you know, scientists will stop um I'm kind of taking this from mediocrity now, but they'll stop figuring out dig big dick pills and 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 hair formulas and how to make people's asses nice. Look, there's some smart people out there. If they if they got to figure shit out, they just will. So, I almost think we should make the world hotter so that people figure things out sooner. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like drug addicts. You got to hit your bottom. So, it's like, as humans, we haven't hit our carbon dioxide bottom. We're still, we're still kind of appreciating it. And, oh, for all those who are like, well, it might happen before, uh, it's too late. It's too, cat- I don't know. Maybe you're right. I didn't claim to be an expert on things like uh, global warming. All right. But here's something that I am an expert on. And that is the words that politicians use. I'm telling you, these people, they play a game where they just, like, create fancy terms so that they can create policy. So, here's some easy examples of this concept. Net neutrality. Who's against things that are neutral? Well, that's the FCC stepping in to regulate what was a free market, and has been pretty incredible. Um, or take, let's arm the moderate rebels. That sounds good. Turns out it was the fucking Taliban. Or bank elasticity. I, I like when things are elastic, that sounds nice rubber bands. That's what allows uh, the government to kind of create insurance for what you put into the bank, which kind of um, d- d- disrupts what I would say the free market um, cost, the risk of running a bank and it also uh, read the Fed. It basically, more than anything, else, it allows allowed uh, bank. It gives banks the exclusive right to basically forge money, which is insane. Um, okay, so the most recent ones that I saw was stress tests. The bank stress tests. The banks are stressed out. They, they 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 saw a shrink, and they all passed the stress test except for Capital One, which is like, I'm freaking out, man. I don't know. We can keep paying Samuel Jackson to scream at people about the credit cards. Um, but that was basically like a, t- a Timothy Geithner bullshit thing so that he could bail out the banks um, and uh, so that they could continue to regulate the banks. I don't know. It's all nonsense. But here's the the biggest, the newest piece of nonsense in the words that these politicians are throwing out at us. And that is the skinny repeal of health care. What, what the fuck does that mean? Like if, if the Republicans had gotten a full repeal but they call it the fat fucking repeal, they call it the double cheeseburger repeals. No, we just like the word skinny. So they threw it in there. It doesn't make any sense. But now with that being said, some of the things they want to put into the skinny repeal are, in my opinion, some pretty good ideas. So the three things that I would like to see get done, I mean, there are a million things I'd like to see get done to fix healthcare but three of the things that were in the skinny repeal, which um, I I, I would personally, it would improve, it would be in my best interest. I'm a person, I don't have insurance. I'd like to have some form of insurance. And there are things that have been done. I don't know this for a fact. I'm kind of lazy. I could probably just call up, a person who sells insurance and be like, hey, what's the cost of that? And they might go, it's this. I'd be like, oh, that's pretty reasonable. Um, let me get that. I can go, you know, fix some things in my body. So, all right, I'm kind of talking my ass out of this one, but um, on an entirely theoretical basis, um, three things I know definitely do drive up insurance for people of my age and people. Um, that are looking for a policy similar to me, which would basically be like, um, you know, like an extreme care plan from in like a car accident, got some cancer, um, someone else has to pay for that shit. But first is they'll fine you if you don't have health care. So at some point when I actually sit down to pay my taxes and they realize, oh my God, this healthy young individual doesn't have health care that he can't afford, I'm going to have to pay a fine. Um, motherfuckers. Then the next is, um, if you're starting a new business, um, so I think they wanted to make a law that you'll have eight years before you have to provide insurance for your employees. Um, now from what I understand that, that, that Obama law that if you got more than 50 employees, you got to start offering insurance was really stupid because basically you're making it like, let's say you're just on the cusp of growing, but you're, you're not like, up to 100 employees, you're literally like at 48 and, and you want to slowly expand to 60 and then you might continue to expand the business. You've just created such a tremendous cost from expanding past in 50 employees that like it, it's a, they're going to be people who have great products, great companies who are going to keep their companies purposely under 50 and not continue to grow and create great products because you created a, like we want to incentivize businesses as much as possible smart people who are successful to take on risk and grow their businesses create opportunities for everyone create jobs for people and then you, all of a sudden you create this line in the sand of like an extreme cost if you go from 48 to 50 i don't know it seems stupid to me um and then the last one was forcing what the coverage has to cover. So it's like, if you're a dude like me and I just want, hey, what's the cheapest thing that's going to cover me if I get AS cancer tomorrow? So that doesn't exist. They, policies basically have to come with a certain standard of care. You're not able to pick like, oh, this is the, this is the amount of risk I would like to insure against, which um, benefits the older people because they want maximum coverage and they want as much young, healthy people like me to pay for their maximum coverage, which is a product that I don't want or need. Well, why can't I just go out and buy the product that I want or need? All right, I, I try to make this funny. This, uh, this is getting a little too too political and ranty. But it does bring us to our next topic, which is the GOP needing to raise the debt limit. So let's look at all the things that the Republicans have failed to do since they have taken both the Senate, the Congress, the presidency. I mean, they're responsible. Right now, they are in full control. If they could get their shit together and agree on stuff, they could pass all kinds of legislation. But they're not doing it. So let's take it some, they, they failed on health care reform. Um, they've been talking about uh, tax overhaul. It's not going to happen. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to yell at each other a whole bunch. But the next thing they got to do is raise the debt limit. Now, raising the debt limit to me, I, I mean, the fact that we allow government to carry debt it, is the ultimate in fraud. But fine, at least maybe you can point to, hey, we got a $17 trillion limit. Like, guys, we got this under control. I mean, there's a limit on it. It's not like it's unlimited. There's a limit. And then all of a sudden you turn around and go, oh, we can't we can't limit. I mean, if we have a this astronomical numbers are limit, things are going to go to fuck. So every year they have to, so they might as well just not have a, like, why do you even have a line in the sand here? If every single year you go, well, that you know what I mean? Like, if she cheats on me one more time, I'm leaving her. All right, you cheated on me again. Well, if you do that another three times, we're we're leaving. Like, I don't know. It's the ultimate in stupidity. So you got this guy, Mr. Mnuchin, um, who. I, I um, He actually looks a little bit like uh, Yussel's boss, a skinny version of Yussel's boss for, for the people who, uh, for the real inside scoop listeners. Um, and I actually, there was, I mean, it doesn't look like this in every picture, but there was a CNBC article with him. He looked a lot like uh, Alana from Broad City or a, like a Gumby character, Gumby character version of Gumby. But dude, this guy... And this is the problem with the internet that I want to talk about raising the debt limit, but you can't like look up articles without, dude, this guy dates some hot chicks. I mean, not even like hot, like pretty, like, like Trump, like Melania is hot, but kind of trashy. This guy's in a different, like different tier. Like I was just trying to like look up, um, uh, like an article with him and then there's a picture of his ex-wife with these, uh, with Donald Trump with these, uh, I mean some serious nipples poking out of a shirt and then he gets rid of that wife. He upgrades the wife to this other chick, um, Louise Linton, and um, if you're at work, she's an actress. You could put put that into Google, take a glance around without running into any uh, filthy nudies, which is, oh my god, you know what we used to do? This was so such a mean high school thing, but this was such a great prank. I, we're going off topics. I feel like I've said too much political, not enough funnies. So here's a quick little funny for all you people out there. But I went to, um, Yeshiva University High School, and we had access to the library. And in the library, you had these, uh, nice religious individuals who would go to the library. They'd use the internet connection. I, I feel like, uh, you know, this was, you know, over 10 years ago. So the people didn't have as much laptops and Wi-Fi and that kind of shit. So pe- people, people still went to the library, the college library to get work done. They sat down at their desktop computers to use the computers. And sometimes people would get up from those computers. And uh, me and my friends, we'd go to that computer, you'd go to the internet settings. And in the internet settings, as opposed to opening up your computer and going to google.com, we would change that landing page to just porn.com. And in those days, if you went to porn.com, you'd spend the next 10 minutes just Xing out of filthy, nasty porn websites, which, uh, if you're a nice religious man in a nice religious university surrounded by nice religious people, I can't imagine. I don't know why I thought that story was funny. I I tell it. I'm like, we were, that was, that was dickish. The other thing we did was they used to have free printing. So we would just, um, we would, uh, we would just like print an image a thousand times and just leave the library. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> such fucking pricks unbelievable no one should uh, they, they should have kept us uh, at home during those years and i shouldn't put this information out into the world i should do better prep on jokes on these stories so that i'm not uh, just telling horrible things about my life okay let's move on so what was i talking about this uh i was talking about this uh fucking this uh mnuchin guy and raising raising debt limits so this guy, he goes, um, before I bash him, right, I brought up the woman thing, because before you bash him, you got to respect this guy's taste in women. Whatever he's done, he's done some, some seriously right things in life. So anyways, he goes, um, uh, I'd like to see the debt limit increased with no strings attached, which, like, w- what leverage do you have? That's like classic m- movie bullshit, like, you be at the docks 10 p.m., bring the chicks, no cops, no strings attached. It's like, with what leverage, dude? We're, we're like, we're, we're burning through cash. Like, what, 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 why is this no strings attached? Like, can we have some strings? Can we at least investigate what you're going to spend the money on? Like, we're, we're out of money. And now you're telling us you need more money. Well, can we at least know what you need the more money for? Fucking ridiculous. By the way, think about this. Like, these, um, some of these Wall Street guys who have switched over to going to, um, you know, working in the White House, they must really kind of aggravate, um... You know, like if you're like uh, um, Sh- Sean Spicer, or you're like um, Mike Pence, you know, showing up to these government parties, and then like Trump's showing up with his wife, Minuchin's following up with his wife. You're like, man, I went into the wrong industry, and by, and that does suck. Cause like I, I've uh, I've had that when I mean, you're, you're getting dressed for like um, a fancy party, and uh, you're like standing in the mirror, and then at some point you just realize it doesn't matter what tie I put on. I'm still going to be bald and have man tits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can put on a thousand different tie combinations. It's not going to change the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm as reasonably unattractive as I am. Like, that's it. This is who the fuck I am. like, but you know, sometimes you're showing up to a place full of ugly people. So you're like, yeah, all those people are ugly too. But now like with the, the with the wall street hot chicks and that money, wow, that's got to really bug these politicians. Like you know what I mean? Like you just got to show up to this. All right. You, you get what I'm saying. Um, Making them up their games. Um, Okay, what did I want to talk about next? Uh, Something to do with the debt limit. Um, oh, right. Ah, fuck. This kind of coming out of order, but it's all right. So, um, anyways, I was looking at pictures of Melania when I was doing this, uh, when I was, uh, looking at the pictures of, uh, Mnuchin. I spent a lot of time alone. What are you going to do when you're, when you're sitting on the computer? Anyways, <laughs> I was looking at Melania and I, I'm starting to think that maybe the reason why Trump so dislikes transgender people is that as Melania ages, she's, she's kind of looking like one of them. So, you know, like Trump's got to get ahead of this, the, the claims that, he, you know, he, he's banning the transgender people now. So, you know, it will be like, I always dislike those people. You know, Melania, that's a uh, that's a full fledged lady. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, and speaking of I, I don't think you really like dislikes trans. If you dislike transgender people, you would send them to the front lines. You know, like you're not going to bar them from the military. You, you'd overly recruit them. You'd uh, you'd start a Vietnam war again. But I'll tell you who really doesn't like transgender people. It's Israel. They heard this story about Trump bar- barring, 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 uh, barring these, um, these uh, transgender people from the military. And Israel's like, well, we'll take them. The reason being, they'll take anybody. That's how you know if like you really need your military, is if um, they're in a uh, uh, condition Well, they'll actually turn down people who want to join. That's how you know, like, yeah, you're not that important. Like, you're, you're, you're self-describing yourself as not really needing new recruits. If people are willing to show up and die for something, you're like, we're good. We, know, we don't need a year. All right, moving on. Um, now, I got more Trump news for you. You guys ready for some more Trump news? Before that, here, this, they really busted uh, Kushner. There was leaked audio. This, this was the headline that I saw. There was leaked audio that Jared Kushner reveals that there might be, uh-oh, guys, no solution in the Middle East. Can you believe it? That They're, they're grabbing at straws. That's They, they busted him. Leaked audio. Of that there might not be a solution. Yeah, okay. Politician says something reasonable. Um, okay, so here's our last topic. And I warn you, if you're a uh, fan of Rob's Newsroom, this will be the topic of this upcoming Rob's Newsroom. So if you don't want uh, some of uh, that to get ruined for you, I suggest you turn this off right now. But if you want a double dose of the content of Rob's Newsroom, you can continue listening for the next three minutes. And then we're going to be done. Should we try and call Yosef in the middle of his work day? Why not? Maybe. Maybe maybe we'll we'll, we'll see uh, we'll see what he's up to with the uh, I can't say his company name. Anyways. So Trump has been firing everybody. Um, and I'd like to start this off by just congratulating Scaramucci for surviving 10 days of work at Trump. At this point, that's like, um, I feel like you could almost put that on a uh, on a resume as being impressive. I survived ten days of the Trump administration. Um, I mean, he's fired so many people like at this, I almost feel like you'd be suited for a show about this. It's like it's the wrong career for this guy. Um, and the irony to me of what's going on in government is I guess there's all this fear about, Russia collusion. Now you have that on the Republican side, they're saying that actually the Democrats are the ones that colluded with the Russians with fusion. Uh, fusion, whatever. I don't know what the second name of that thing is. But anyways, um, but there's all this fear. Hey, the Russians are going to get ahead of us in the world. The Russians, they're coming from us. They're creating chaos in American politics. And you know what's going to put the Russians ahead of us in four years? If we spend the next four years infighting about whether or not they colluded with Donald Trump and we're not working with each other. And Donald Trump keeps firing his staff every three days. It's like, it, it's like the same thing as you as a person. If you run around blaming other people, you don't get anywhere in life. It's about taking personal responsibility, actually showing up to work every day, getting shit done. That's how you move forward and we're making that mistake as a country we're just screaming like uh, uh, and these people are to blame and that person's to blame and I can't work with the Democrats I can't work with the Republicans and Trump's like I can't work with the cabinet like this it's, and it's like that's easy, I'm a lazy person believe me, that's, la- that's lazy people's shit to just keep pointing fingers and go oh, we can't get anything done because it's that guy's fault that guy's fault, that. and that's also, that's a problem with all the, like. Um, I, I guess the different branches of government are good because um, it creates gridlock and it's purposely created in a way that people can't get shit done, but you know what's nice about having like um a, a single dictator in a way is that there's one person to blame you can actually one person's responsible you know what i mean like if you didn't have like I, i'm not saying i'd like to see government set up this way but one thing that would theoretically be nice about not having a congress a senate is if there's one guy you could go oh you're the guy that fucked up you're, you're the guy who said that this health care was going to work and it's not and no one can point fingers on someone else like i'd like to see so, you know like one person put almost a. Uh, I Almost feel like it, when you're in offices, they do it this way. It's like one person's at the head of a project. and if that project fails, like sure, there was a team of people beneath him, but you're fucking you're you're the CEO, and profits went down this quarter. I wish there was a way in government that we could have one more of like one person accountability which maybe that's what the president should be. It's like, you know, you're supposed to be a good leader. And if you can't get everyone to work together here, then you're not being a good leader. And we need someone who can come in and actually properly incentivize people to get work done. So maybe, maybe that's, uh, I guess what the uh, presidency is supposed to be. All right. We're at the end of the episode here. Um, Remember, email in robsnewsroom at gmail.com with uh, all this time that Yussel is spending on the road unable to come into Newsroom Studios and, uh, you know, uh, do his co-hosting duties. Maybe we'll have a... No, we're not we're not replacing Yussel. We just got to uh, figure out a schedule and stuff. Should we try and call him? Why not? Let's try and call him. I mean, it's the middle of his workday, but who knows? Maybe he's on uh, one of his famous coffee hot chocolate breaks. Here we go. We're calling him right now. We'll see what happens. That's a responsible employee. Oh, shit, I can't put his number out. I just had that at the mic. We're going have to cut that out. All right, everyone, have a great day. Usually I listen back to these, but I'm recording it day of, so this is going right out into the world. I don't know what the fuck I said. So uh, email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Let me know what's up. And uh, have a great weekend. Do some drugs. Watch My Name is Earl. Bye.